0: Hey there, Crimaholics! It is your host, Kinsey. I'm back this week with another brand new episode of Missing Mondays. Missing Mondays was a segment that was created by Holly and I because 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time. While some are found alive or deceased, The majority of them are still missing today, and it is our goal here at Crimeaholics to keep missing persons name and information in the media so we can aid in their return home the best that we can. On this episode of Missing Mondays, I will be covering another one of those missing persons cases that just has you absolutely mind boggled. Another one of those missing persons cases where it seems as if they literally just vanished into thin air and poof, they're gone. But we know here at Crimeaholics that's not the case because somewhere, someone knows something always. And in this particular situation, two people vanished without a trace right off of a very busy South Philly street. In South Philly in 1971, a young couple by the name John and Felice Audubry give birth to a beautiful baby girl named Danielle. Danielle's siblings have described her as somebody who was down to earth. She was happy all the time, she never had any enemies, she was caring, and she was just a beautiful soul. As Danielle had gotten older, she decided that she wanted to follow in the footsteps of third father. Their father was known also as Johnny October, who was a local famous singer in their area. Danielle decided that she wanted to try and do the same thing and see how it goes. So, Danielle joins a local band, and on the weekend, they would go to other places around the area to sing, and Danielle loved it. Shortly after Danielle becomes a singer, she meets her husband, Joe. The two of them fall madly in love, they get married very quickly, and they have a beautiful baby boy named Joe Jr. According to Danielle's family, she was a really good mom. She was very attentive, and she would do anything she could and just went the extra mile to make Joe Jr. happy. But unfortunately, it was not always the case with his dad, Joe. They stated that Joe never really wanted to step up to the plate and be the dad he needed to be. On one weekend in particular, Joe Jr. ends up getting really sick, and instead of staying home and helping Danielle take care of Joe Jr., his dad decides that he's going to go out of town. While he is out of town, he ends up meeting this woman. Whether or not their relationship started before this trip is unknown, but once this trip concludes he ends up coming home and tells danielle that he no longer wants to be with her and he wants to file for divorce at this point danielle is completely blindsided and this is not something she was expecting Although she was completely heartbroken and shattered by this entire news, she ends up doing what she needs to do as a mom and she gets her and Joe Jr. their own home in Mount Pleasant, New Jersey. According to Danielle's family, one of the main reasons she struggled so badly with this divorce is because Joe Jr. was only a year and a half old. She felt really heartbroken and she felt like a failure knowing that her son was going to have to be raised in a split home from such a young age. They said that Danielle started chain smoking constantly to be able to cope with this divorce and that was something that was highly unusual for her. They said because of the chain smoking, she never had an appetite so she would quit eating and there was a point where Danielle had dropped down to 80 pounds. As if Danielle wasn't already going through enough, just trying to be a single mom, getting through a divorce in the best way that she could. Joe made it really difficult for her. This divorce process was extremely messy and very toxic. Her family stated that there were so many times when Joe would come back around and tell Danielle that he wanted to be with her, that he didn't want to go through the divorce. And then he would be cold again and say, I don't want anything to do with you. We're going to get this divorce and I'm going to go be with this woman and I want nothing to do with you. Her family said that the back and forth of this was really messing with Danielle. And for a long time, she felt hopeless and that she was just ready for this to be over. However, the bad in Danielle's life began to shift and things finally started looking up for her. As a child, she had a best friend named Christine and Christine had a brother named Richard Patrone. Christine and Danielle stayed friends their entire lives. But Danielle never looked at Richard as any more than just her best friend's brother. But that all changed when Danielle got a divorce. Once Danielle started coping with her divorce just a little better, she ended up reconnecting with Richard and the two of them ended up hitting it off. Both of their family said it was as if these two were made for each other. They had so much in common. Christine stated that the two biggest things that they had in common was their love for music and that they were both parents. At the time of Danielle and Richard reconnecting, he was raising his daughter Angela, who was about 14 at the time. According to Angela, he pretty much raised her completely on his own not only was he a really good loving doting father but he was also a really big family man at the time he was living above his family's bakery which was called vikings pastries they all stated that richard worked in the bakery as well he helped his family run it he worked as a baker and he did a really phenomenal job and he treated the bakery as his pride and joy in the beginning of richard and danielle's relationship everything was going really well she was finally starting to get over her relationship she was starting to be happy again and she looked really healthy. According to his daughter, Angela, Richard really fell in love with Danielle. And from what she could see, this was the first woman that her dad had actually truly been in love with. Very sadly, this would all begin to change when Danielle's ex-husband, Joe, started coming around again. When he found out Danielle was with Richard, he was livid. He was going to do whatever he could to make sure that Danielle was unhappy and she was alone. It got to the point where Joe even started becoming violent. There was times that he would threaten to kill Richard right to his face. There was a specific incident that one day when Richard was working down at Vikings Pastries, Joe showed up and tells him that he either leaves Danielle or he's going to kill him with a baseball bat. Just when Danielle starts to finally feel happy, Joe is ruining it all for her. So, Danielle ultimately decides that her and Richard are going to have to separate because she cannot handle Joe's psychotic behavior anymore. It was too much. According to her family, although it was hard for her to make this decision to break up with Richard, she felt like that's what she needed to do because it was in her own best interest. Once she breaks things off with Richard, her co-parenting relationship ends up getting a lot better with Joe. But, Ultimately, Danielle decides that it's too hard to stay away from Richard. On the evening of February 19th, 2005, Danielle, Christine, and both of their mothers go down to South Philly to have dinner for a girls' night out. While they were on this dinner, Danielle ends up getting in contact with Richard and she is talking to him on her cell phone on and off throughout this entire time. She finds out that Richard is also in South Philly for a guys' night, Richard ends up inviting Danielle down to the bar where he was with her friends after dinner. Christine said, Danielle, are you sure this is what you want to do? You've been doing a really good job. Maybe you should just head home for the evening. Danielle ensures Christine that this is exactly what she wants to do and asks her to give her a ride down to the bar where he was. So Christine, being the best friend that she is, agrees to give Danielle a ride to the bar. Danielle arrives to the bar, Abilene, well before midnight that evening. According to locals in the area, Abilene is a very popular bar on a very busy street. Christine tells ABC News 6 that her brother Richard asks her if she wants to stay out there at Abilene and hang out with them for the night. Christine said she declined and tells him that she's tired and she just wants to go ahead and head home to Jersey. But she does tell Danielle, if you need anything at all, please give me a call and I will come back down here to Abilene's and I will pick you up. According to all of their friends there, Danielle and Richard just seemed to be happy to be back together. The two of them were kissing and they couldn't keep their hands off of each other. But by 1130, Danielle tells Richard that she has to go ahead and head home because she does have a hair appointment early in the morning with Christine and later after that, Joe Jr. would be coming home after staying the weekend with his dad. Because Danielle's home was not too far from Abilene's, Richard had offered her a ride home and Danielle takes him up on the offer. On this particular night in South Philly, it is, according to the locals, unseasonably cold. Richard had turned to his friends right before they left Abilene's and told them that he was glad he got a really close parking spot so the two of them did not have to walk far in the cold. However, the two of them head out of the bar And they are never seen alive again. But not only was Danielle supposed to have that hair appointment the next morning with Christine, but her brother John was also supposed to come over to her home to help her fix a curtain rod that Joe Jr. had ripped from the wall. When John arrives at Danielle's home, he knocks on the door and she doesn't answer. He figures that it's still early in the morning. He knows that she was out the night before, so maybe she was just sleeping a little harder. So he begins to bang on the door even harder. When there's still no answer, he decides to call her cell phone, but he doesn't get any ring at all. He gets a little frantic and decides to call his mom because this is really unlike Danielle. When he calls their mom, she says, Well, John, you know, she's supposed to have that hair appointment with Christine this morning. Maybe the two of them got held up. Why don't you try giving Christine's cell phone a call and see if Danielle is there? When he hangs up with his mom, he frantically dials Christine's phone and he asks if Danielle is with her. He is shocked to find out that Danielle never even showed up for her hair appointment the next day. At this point, John is really worried, so he lets himself inside of Daniel's home using an extra key. When he gets inside of Daniel's home, he says that everything looks completely untouched, and it's as if Daniel never even came home the night before. John calls back Christine and tells her what he finds, and she does let him know that her and Richard were together the night before down at Abilene, and maybe there's a possibility that instead of Daniel going home, she stayed the night at Richard's house. So she was going to go ahead and get in contact with Richard to see if he knew where Danielle was. Christine makes a call to Richard's cell phone and she gets no answer. Christine tries to call Robert multiple more times in hopes to be able to get a hold of him, but she was unsuccessful. She calls her mom and dad and says that she has not been able to get a hold of Richard, John has not been able to get a hold of Danielle, and the two of them were at Abilene last night together. She asks her parents to go over to the bakery and go to his house to see if either of them were there. When their parents arrive, they're also completely shocked to see that Robert's apartment had been completely untouched and his black Dodge Dakota truck was not parked out front like it usually is. This sets everybody into a complete panic because it is not like Richard or Danielle to just disappear and nobody know where they are. As more and more time passes, they start to get worried. They know that soon Joe Jr. would be coming home from his dad's and there is nothing in this world that would stand between Danielle and her son. So this is how they knew in their gut something was wrong because she would never just up and willingly leave Joe Jr., Several hours later, her ex-husband, Joe, shows up at their house to drop off their son, and Danielle's still not home. Her brother, John, and both of their parents were there at the house, hoping that Danielle was going to come home. When Joe knocks on the door to hand over Joe Jr., he's asking, where is Danielle? Her brother's first instinct was to tell Joe that Danielle was still with Christine, getting her hair done, and that she asked for them to wait at the house with Joe Jr. until she arrived. He was worried that maybe somewhere down the road that he could use it against her that he tried to drop off their son and she was nowhere to be found. So he wanted to make sure that if Danielle was going to be coming back home that he was still protecting his sister. After Joe Jr. is brought back home, her family decides to go ahead and alert the authorities that Danielle is missing because they know for sure at this point now that Joe Jr. is home and she's still not home, something bad has happened to her and possibly Richard. When they alert the police, they tell them they have to wait 48 hours to consider this a missing persons case, which is not something that we have not heard before. This is pretty common. But the families are not wasting any time in trying to find these two. So they all get into their cars. They are driving around Jersey looking for them. They are going back down to South Philly near Abilene. They are looking in every alleyway. They are looking under every bridge. They are looking in rivers. They are looking in ponds and ditches. Thinking that maybe while they were driving home, there was a possibility that they had gotten into a car wreck and that they were stranded somewhere. They were thinking at any moment they were going to find Richard, Danielle, and his black Dodge Dakota. But unfortunately, that was not the case. 48 hours after they alerted the authorities they still had not been found, and the police were not taking this situation lightly. They get all of the local agencies involved and even the FBI, and the FBI was pleading for anybody to come forward if they had seen Richard and Danielle leaving that night, if they had seen his Dodge Dakota anywhere, but nobody was stepping forward with any type of solid tips. At this point, the local authorities and the FBI were completely baffled. How does two people just go missing from a very busy bar on a very busy street and not be seen? Nobody saw them leaving Abilene. Nobody saw them walking down the street. Nobody saw them getting into his black Dodge Dakota. And nobody saw them driving away in his black Dodge Dakota. So where the heck did these two go? Law enforcement was doing exactly what her family and his family were doing within the first 48 hours. They were looking in alleyways, they were looking under bridges, they were combing big bodies of water thinking that maybe they ran off the road into the water, but there was nothing. Not a single trace of evidence of Richard or Danielle was showing up anywhere. So they begin to start questioning their family and the first person that they start with is Danielle's ex, Joe. Given Joe's violent past with Richard and threatening to kill him and hit him with the baseball bat, the police felt that they likely had a solid lead starting with Joe. Once they start questioning Joe, they find out that he has actually a very solid airtight alibi. They also asked Joe to take a polygraph test, but those results have never been released to the public. They did not get much with Joe, so they move on. And after they move on from Joe... They have absolutely nothing. There is no solid leads. There's no sightings. There's no credible witnesses to see anything. They have nowhere to churn for answers. At this point, both Danielle and Richard's families are starting to feel really hopeless and they're starting to lose hope that the two of them are going to be coming home alive. That was until one month after their disappearance, her brother John gets a very strange phone call. And this phone call was from a psychic. John gets told by this psychic that his sister Danielle is being held in a train car under a bridge and gives him this exact location of where she is. John calls law enforcement and says, I got this call, they're telling me this is where my sister is and I'm headed there now to get her. The police try to encourage John not to go out there because... One, he has no idea who called him, and two, he has no idea what could be waiting there for him, but he did not care he was going to get his sister. John arrives at this location that this supposed psychic gave him, and he sees a ton of train cars, and he is banging on all of them for Danielle, and he's screaming her name, and he's holding on to all hope that this is it, and he's bringing his sister home. Law enforcement shows up at this train car location and tells John that he has to leave. It is not safe for him to be here. He has no idea who gave him that phone call. He needs to keep himself safe. They escort John off the property and continue to search, but unfortunately, they do not find Danielle. Both families are back to square one of feeling completely hopeless. But that was until six months after this situation, they get a phone call that there has been a black Dodge Dakota found in a body of water in the Delaware River. Local law enforcement and the FBI head out to the location where this truck is in the body of water. Her family and his family are extremely anxious, waiting for any type of answers. Was this it? Did they finally find Richard and Danielle? When law enforcement gets there, they begin pulling the truck up out of the water. The truck looks extremely similar to Richard's truck, so they're thinking, okay, this is it. We did find them, but What did not match Richard's truck is the license plate. It was a completely different license plate with a completely different state. Law enforcement did question this very heavily, thinking if somebody did try to get rid of Richard and Danielle, they could have easily changed the plate before putting the truck into the water. However, law enforcement did run the VIN number that was on the truck, and it did not register to Richard. Very sadly, the truck was not Richard's, and Richard and Danielle were still very much missing. Since then, very little information has come out to help them locate Richard and Danielle. There has been a lot of rumors around their local town, and one of the rumors that got spread pretty quickly and did get pretty big was that there was a possibility that a local gang had ties to a big drug ring and that somebody within that drug ring is the one who is responsible for the disappearance of Danielle and Richard. However, the FBI has said that is not likely. They did extensive checks into both Richard and Danielle and there was nothing that would even link them to anybody in one of these gangs or this drug ring. However, they have said that they are absolutely positive that this was a murder for hire plot and is just going to take one solid piece of evidence and one person to step forward to be able to have this entire case solved. Danielle Imbo went missing on February 19, 2005. She is a Caucasian female with brown hair and hazel eyes and she stands at 5 feet 5 inches tall. At the time of her disappearance, she weighed approximately 117 pounds. Danielle Imbo may also use the name Danielle Ottobre. She has a tattoo of flowers on her lower back. She was last seen wearing a black dark-colored jacket, cream-colored sweater, and blue jeans. She wears three small silver rings on either her left or right middle finger. She was carrying a two-handled black purse at the time of her disappearance, and she worked as a mortgage loan processor. Richard Patrone also went missing on February 19, 2005, after leaving the bar in South Philly. He is a Caucasian male who stands at 5 feet 9 inches tall with brown hair and blue eyes. At the time of his disappearance, he weighed approximately 200 pounds. Richard Patrone was last seen wearing a gray polo brand sweater and blue jeans. He has a tattoo of the word Angela on his left arm and a tattoo of clowns on his right arm. The two of them would have been traveling in Richard's 2001 black Dodge Dakota pickup truck with Pennsylvania license plates YFH-2319, and there should be a NASCAR sticker on the rear window. If any of you have any information about the disappearance of Daniel Einbo or Richard Patron, you are highly encouraged to call the Philadelphia Police Department at 215-686-3013. If you have not already, I highly encourage you to join a Crimeholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram where I will have pictures of Danielle, Richard, and his Dodge Dakota. Crimeholics, as always, be aware and take care.